Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Thursday morning here on this National Hour on Catholic Connection and EWTN radio show. I'm happy to be with all of you today. Vanessa Denhagarmo here filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. I'm a host of Epiphany on Ave Maria Radio here in Detroit. Happy to be with all of you here. Uh, looking forward to our show lineup as we head into Father's Day weekend. And we'll be talking with Father Mitch Pacwa, a regular here, a Thursday guest of Catholic Connection. Of course, you all know him as Senior Fellow of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, a Jesuit priest, president and founder of Ignatius Productions, world-renowned lecturer, spiritual director for over 50 Holy Land pilgrimages, and EWTN host of television and radio shows. He'll be talking with us uh, about the fallout of fatherhood. Uh, Father Mitch Packwood just celebrated 47 years as a priest, and we're talking about the fatherhood crisis going on in the world today. And in the last hour, I actually was talking about so many children who are fatherless. And uh, Archbishop Corleone penned a really good article in the National Catholic Register last year that is still very relevant. And I think I'm going to read that article on my uh, show, Epiphany, later today or tomorrow and about how there's so many kids in the world that are fatherless, and he was attributing this to a lot of the crisis going on in the world today with school shootings. And if you look at the history behind a lot of these uh, people who are involved in these school shootings, they are coming from uh, a lot of dysfunction in their childhood, and many of them are fatherless. And there's many reasons why children are fatherless today. Their fathers may have been you know, tragically, you know, uh, died, uh, left, died young, um, or th- because of divorce, separation. <clears throat> some fathers are in prison. Excuse me. Uh, some fathers are in prison. So there's many reason why, fa- you know, f- fathers are not around. Um, some children never met their fathers. Uh, you know, their 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 uh, parents never were married, or or uh, just have never had a father around. So this is a crisis in our country. This is an issue. And so, you know, how can we as lay people and as, as religious people in the religious life help these children in this world who are fatherless? And we know that fathers play such a pivotal role in a child's life. And I've seen this firsthand. I, I remember um, when my father had passed away 21 years ago, I was at the cemetery and it was short, you know, shortly after he had passed away, he died in January. It was a very cold winter day. And, um, I never went to the cemetery after that until the spring came because it was just too cold. And I remember being there during the springtime, uh, snow had melted. And I remember asking the Lord to breathe, please bring in my life. I wasn't married at the time. Please bring in my life, uh, a man, who will love my children like my father loved me. That was my prayer. Please, dear God, bring a man in my life who will love my children the way my father loved me and my sisters. And I knew that importance of that father's love. I wanted my children to experience that. Now, I was blessed with one daughter. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I have her. But I was also blessed with a father, a husband, 
who is that wonderful father to my daughter that my dad was to my sisters and I. And so God did answer my prayers. And I know firsthand the importance of having a wonderful father. And I, my sisters and I were blessed to have an amazing dad who loved us. And we knew we were loved. We knew no matter what was going on in the world, no matter how hard life could have been and this, the stuff we dealt with in school and growing up and that teenage life, we knew that we were loved. We knew that when we went home, our dad loved us and he was going to be there for us. And I credit my dad to my faith. And so during this Father's Day weekend, we think about, you know, the stories. Maybe we share those stories of our dads to other people. If we had, you know, we were blessed to have a wonderful father or we asked the Lord to help uh, maybe discern, maybe the Lord's calling you to be a surrogate father to somebody else who doesn't have a good, strong male role model in their life. And there's so many people like that. I know many children firsthand, unfortunately, who don't have fathers around. And I know cousins who grew up with, you know, fathers who were not around. And so, and it's, and it's very quite sad in the struggles. And you see that, you see the struggles the moms go through trying to raise these kids by themselves. So we pray for them. And then I was talking earlier, um, you know, I helped pen a book called Freedom Behind Bars written by Tom Naimi, who spent nearly 16 years in prison. It was really meant designed for prison ministry in my eyes. That's why I took it on. But I think about all the fathers in prison and all the children who are going to be without their fathers this weekend because of prison. And, and the book is really designed to help men in prison ministry and how you find freedom in Christ, even though you're locked behind bars. And that's what Tom Naimi went through. He found freedom in Christ, even though he was locked in state prison for so many years. So that book, Freedom Behind Bars, is a great tool for men in, ministry, men in prison. It's a great gift to give a man in prison, especially fathers who are without their children during this Father's Day weekend, uh, to help find freedom in our Lord Jesus Christ and our faith. And that's what the whole book was about, even though he spent 16 years in prison. So Father Mitch Packwell will be joining us here on Catholic Connection. And then Sarah Roche is a senior at Ave Maria University. She heads the university campus care program. And we'll be talking about the important work that they're doing uh, in the pro-life movement and how she's helping student parents on campus. And just another great story uh, about uh, the pro-life movement. And stories are so important to help guide conversations, help inspire people, uh, help move your point across. Teresa and I do a lot of media training. I do a lot of coaching. I'm a leadership coach and a team building coach. That's what I do in my epiphany communications and coaching work. And stories are pivotal. I tell clients this all the time. When you're trying to engage, relate to people, motivate people, those stories are so powerful. And, and Sarah Roach has a great story in the pro-life movement. We need to look for these stories when we want to engage people. We need to tell these stories about fatherhood and, and fathers in our lives and, and, and these wonderful stories of men mentoring other pe- children who don't have fathers. Look for those stories. I have, I have been blessed to have wonderful stories about my dad that I share all the time about the faith because I really credit my dad because of his strong faith, he was a daily mass goer. He was so strong in his faith that it really impacted my life and my own faith journey because he didn't preach it. My dad lived it. He truly lived a, a faithful life and uh, loved Jesus Christ and taught us uh, prayer and taught us um, about having a relationship with Christ. I saw it with my own eyes. So 
uh, those stories are so important. So think about those your own personal stories that you could share with other people when we engage in critical conversations about the faith and what's going on in the culture. It is eight minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, and now it's time for the news. Looking at the forecast across the country, I'll just highlight some major cities across the country today. A high of 65 degrees and rainy in Sault Ste. Marie. That's in northern Michigan. And then in Detroit, I have 75 and rainy skies throughout. It's going to be raining throughout the whole day today. And if we look at the west coast, uh, high of 72 in Seattle uh, with partly sunny skies. High of 66 degrees in San Francisco. And we look at Los Las Vegas, a high of 95 degrees, and uh, Los Angeles, a high of 70. Phoenix, Arizona, it's going to get to 100 degrees and sunny skies today. And we've looked down south a little bit in Houston, Texas, a high of 100 degrees today. New Orleans, going to be rainy, but a high of 95. Dallas, Texas, sunny and a high of 95. Tampa, Florida, a high of 94. 88 in Miami, Jacksonville, 85. Atlanta, 79. And Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, high of 70. 87 degrees, rainy all day. And Washington, a high of 85. New York, a high of 81. Buffalo, New York, 69 degrees. And in Boston, 77 and cloudy skies. Tens of thousands of homes and businesses still have no power this morning after severe weather swept across the south. At last check, more than 110,000 customers were without power. Alabama is the hardest hit with more than 40,000 power outages, while power is still down for thousands more in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi. Tornadoes, high winds, and large hail prompted more than 250 storm reports on Wednesday. A woman is under arrest after allegedly stabbing a mother who was pushing her toddler in a stroller in Brooklyn. Scott Pringle has more. The unprovoked attack happened at Jay and Tillery Streets in downtown Brooklyn Monday afternoon. Police say a woman approached a mother and threatened to harm her three-year-old, and that's when the mother stepped between her toddler and the stranger. The stranger then whipped out a knife and plunged it into her chest multiple times before taking off. The woman was arrested Wednesday and charged with attempted murder. The mother is expected to recover. While the Supreme Court decides that President Biden's student debt forgiveness plan is constitutional, Republicans are rolling out a plan of their own. The GOP has introduced the Lowering Education Costs and Debt Act in the Senate, a package of bills aimed at keeping down the ever-increasing cost of higher education. The plan unveiled Wednesday would make institutions be more transparent about the cost of attending. It would also simplify loan repayment options and help low-income borrowers with low balances, receive forgiveness soon. Newt Gingrich predicts President Biden's alleged corruption will put Donald Trump back in the White House. Speaking on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, the former Republican Speaker of the House claimed he's never seen such corruption in the Oval Office before. They're going to go down in history as probably the most scandal-ridden administration in American history. Republicans have been looking into whether the Biden family profited off of their influence with foreign governments. Texas is cracking down on the deadly opioid fentanyl by increasing the criminal penalties for drug dealers. Trey Thomas has more. Governor Greg Abbott signed the bill Wednesday. He says they want drug dealers to be scared to sell fentanyl. Any person who causes a death by unlawfully manufacturing or delivering fentanyl can be prosecuted for murder. 
in the state of Texas. Abbott also signed a bill that gets more Narcan to schools and colleges. The drug can be quickly applied to prevent an overdose death. I'm Trey Thomas. Lawmakers are introducing a new bill to protect TikTok users' information. Six senators and two members of the House of Representatives say the Chinese-owned app poses serious security risks to the data of Americans. Senators say the bill would stop the app from sending personal information to China. TikTok is denying the claims of improper data use and says it spent more than one point five billion dollars on security measures. Daniel Penny is being indicted by a grand jury in connection to two deadly subway chokeholds. Lisa G reports. News for New York is reporting that Penny was indicted on a second degree manslaughter charge in the death of Jordan Neely. Penny was initially arrested on manslaughter charges in connection to Neely's death last month. The Marine is accused of using a deadly chokehold on Neely, who had mental health challenges, after Neely was allegedly threatening riders. Lisa G., New York. Washington State is taking action to make breast cancer exams more affordable. A new state law requires health insurers that cover certain breast cancer exams, including MRIs, to not require patients to share the cost on these tests. That also includes diagnostic mammograms and ultrasounds for anyone if cancer is suspected. Starbucks employees are accusing the coffee giant of taking down Pride-themed decorations. Starbucks workers united claims it's happening in 21 states. The union says the decorations are being removed moved due to safety concerns, but the company has denied the claims. Seattle-based Starbucks alleges that it's unaware of any stores banning decorations related to Pride Month and adds the only place where decorations are not allowed is on the front windows. Americans are waiting longer to get married. Brie Tennis has more. The Center for Family and Demographic Research says couples have flipped that traditional plan of getting married and building a life together. The study shows young adults are now building that life first and looking for a family later. In the 1950s, the average age for a groom was 23, 20 for a bride. In 1980, the average male was married by age 25. The U.S. Census says today that groom is 30. That's also the age for couples to start having babies. That's the highest age on record. I'm Bree Tennis. It is 14 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denha-Garmo filling in for Teresa Tamia. When we come back, Father Mitch Pacwa will be joining us. For Christians, love was central to everything because before the creation of the universe, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lived in all eternity communicating in love between themselves. This is going on before there's ever a moment that we refer to as in the beginning. So Christianity introduces into the history of human thought this idea that love is underneath it all. In fact, Luke Berry, this atheist philosopher writer, says it's quite clear that without this Christian belief that love is at the center of things, we would not have our human rights revolution that we talk about today. We take this for granted. You know, we have gay rights and women's rights and transgender rights and minority rights and this right and that right. There'd be no rights whatsoever without the incarnate Son of God. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. 
CharityMobile.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. next guest from EWTN Television and Radio, spiritual director for more than 50 Holy Land pilgrimages, founder of Ignatius Productions and world-renowned lecturer. He's a fellow of St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, a Jesuit priest who just celebrated 47 years as a priest. Congratulations, Father Mish Pacwa, and for being with us here on Catholic Connection as I fill in for Teresa Tamio. How are you, Father? I'm well, thank you, ma'am. Just doing fine. Always a pleasure to listen to you as your interview with Teresa and on EWTN, but it's always more of a pleasure to even interview you myself, Father. Well, thank you. So let's talk about fatherhood and the crisis that we're facing uh, as we're approaching Father's Day weekend here uh, and, and thinking about all the children for whatever reason, are fatherless and how it has contributed to so much of the crisis that we're facing in the world today. Yeah, it's... Um uh, truly a horrible situation. Um, we have, at, at this point, uh, a, a tremendous increase of, uh, first of all, parents who don't marry. They have children, but they don't marry. And one of the other elements of that is they tend not to remain with their children. This is a huge crisis. So, and I think, uh, by the way, just to give uh, statistical background, that has increased from uh, the 1790s to 1950. Uh, the census shows that that was about 4%. Now it's over 50%. So that's a huge increase in in a fairly uh, sudden time. It didn't take long for that to be the case. So this is something that, um, as a culture, we have to address better. Um, Now, one of the problems has been the ideologies that make it seem as if marriage is not necessary. So there was a certain ideology of that back in the uh, 60s, uh, the the famous bumper sticker, women need men like fish need a bicycle. And this was, uh, that's not true. Uh, In fact, one of the realities is Women are much safer when there is when they are living with the man to whom they are married. Mm. That's reality, and the uh, so so that's one part of it. Secondly, um, yeah, they're more prosperous 
you know, both the men and the women are more prosperous when they live together. And this requires a sense of fidelity. I, uh, Professor Robert George has, you know, said he's trying to start a movement. I think I want to contribute to it. You can go look him up on the Internet uh, and his uh, website of fidelity. He's calling people, on one hand, a lot of people in the government and other parts of society are celebrating uh, gay pride this month. Yeah. But, you know, pride is, there's a certain, um, you know, dealing with pride uh, in the sense of that you're happy to be who you are and all, but there's also the element of pride that is sinful, because what it was, where pride becomes a sin is when you use your position to look down on other people. And at the very moment, if you think of it as a, just as an image, a physical thing, if you're looking down upon others from a position of pride, you are not looking up at God. Whereas Fidelity is a virtue. This is faithfulness. Faithfulness to your family, faithfulness to your country, that's called patriotism, not nationalism, but patriotism. And of course, the most important fidelity is fidelity to God. That, and to become people who are characterized not by a pride, that would look down on anyone, but rather the authentic humility of looking up to God with everybody else. All of us are looking up to God the way anybody would look up to the Rocky Mountains or the Alps or something bigger than themselves and look up in admiration. So we look up to God together and realize our smallness and our dependence on him, that he will be faithful to us, we need to be faithful to him. And from that fidelity we, to God, we can be faithful to our families next, and then to our nation and other groups that we belong to. That is something that makes fatherhood um, being able to physically sire a child is not particularly um, a um, you know thing that is all that uh, difficult. Um, some people want to speak about uh, that kind of uh, male ability. That's that's really not such a great uh, accomplishment where a man truly becomes manly is when he looks to his uh, a woman, one woman and says to her I will be faithful to you for the rest of my life hmm. that's when a man truly gains manhood 
mm-hmm. and second moment of manhood is when a man looks at his child that his wife has just presented to him and realizes, I will be there for you as my son or daughter. You depend on me, and I will be there for you for the rest of my life. That's where uh, you make a commitment to be faithful. Maybe somebody struggles to be faithful. You know, there are temptations against fidelity. But this is where men grow. And we're celebrating Father's Day this coming Sunday. It ought to be a celebration of men who are faithful to their manhood by showing fidelity to the women they love and to the children they help bring into the world and making that kind of faithful commitment uh, with, with God. The role of men in the family has been denigrated. Again, uh, I mentioned the old, you know, quote of some of the feminists of the 60s. And that was done at the time they were pushing for no-fault divorce. And that's been a catastrophe, you know, uh, for women and children who, you know, get out of marriages uh, and in the poor. Yeah, we have the take. Oh, sorry, Father. We have to take a break, uh, and we're going to continue this conversation. I'm sorry, Father, cut you off. Father Mitch Pacwa is who we're talking to here on Catholic Connection about fatherhood. That's Father's Day weekend. We have to take a break. We'll continue with him right after this. Father Benedict Groeschel. In the church, we speak of seven gifts wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, loyalty, courage, and reverence or fear of the Lord. When I speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts come, they give you the ability to go beyond your strength. If you're struggling to be a good person, a good member of your religion, you know it's a struggle and you don't always make it. I've been at it many, many decades and I still struggle and trip and fall and have holes in my socks. Struggling to be a good person, something that we need help at. And this help comes to us by these gifts of the Holy Spirit. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. What are atheism and agnosticism? How are they similar and how do they differ? The Catholic Catechism calls atheism one of the most serious problems of our times. In paragraphs 2123 through 2127, the Catechism says, The term covers many very different phenomena, such as practical materialism, which restricts man's needs to space and time. Humanism considers man to be an end to himself and in control of his own history. A third form of atheism is liberation, which seeks to free man 
through economic and social liberation, claiming that religion, by its very nature, thwarts man's emancipation by holding that there is an after and better life, thus deceiving man and discouraging man from working for a better life here on earth. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. We're talking with Father Mitch Pacwa here on Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. And before we went to the break, Father Mitch was talking about no-fault divorce and what that has uh, done to couples today, Father Mitch. And we just want to finish that thought and then talk about children who are fatherless, uh, where these parents have just abandoned their kids. But, Father Mitch, finish that thought about uh, no-fault divorce. Yeah, that, you know, it used to be in law that there had to be a cause the state sought to protect family. And what's gone on is that instead of protecting family, they now protect the right of radical individualism, where this is how I feel. It's not working for me. This isn't working for my lifestyle. And so I want to go um, and get a, a divorce so I can deal with my time, my needs, my desires. And this is, uh, and and then there's just a flat-out reality. Some people are incapable of entering into marriage because uh, of a drug problem. That Mm -hmm. is not at all unusual. And this is something that um, we are definitely... Uh, suffering from. Uh, Because, again, in those situations of divorce, rarely does the woman stay uh, separate from a a mate, but it'll be typically serial mates, a series of men who enter into their lives, and they are, you know, doing all sorts of, um, you know, know, trying out different men who are extremely dangerous to them and to their children. See, that's Mm -hmm. the part that often is missed. When uh, you have a series of relationships, these relationships end up being high-risk situations because there is no commitment by the man to the children who are already part of the family. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, the children and the women are physically at risk. And this is the kind of dangerous situation that um, we have to say, what do we do to avoid that? That's uh, and it's having men and women become faithful to each other. Yeah, starting with the marriage, faithful to their marriage. And Father Mitch Pock was who we're talking mm-hmm. to. Oh, go ahead, Father Mitch. Yeah, well, and 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 with that, you know, it means fidelity to the uh, the children. Yeah, that's just essential. Father Mitch, what do we do as Catholics and as Christians to be fathers to the fatherless? There's so many children, like we know for so many reasons Mm -hmm. that you just talked about, whether it be divorce, separation there, or the father was never around, or father's in prison. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we uh, be fathers to the fatherless? 
Yeah, and, and fathers and mothers. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is, uh, both of those elements are really essential. Um, one of the uh, concerns I would have is, can we find some ways to have people in the church, especially, you know, people who are more mature and have already raised families, become semi-professional aunts and uncles? Mm. You know, that, you know, I've known a lot of people, in fact, in some of the prison ministry, one of the realities that we see is that uh, a lot of the guys who work in the prison ministry are, you know, finding that they are treated like the dads of these guys. The majority of prison inmates don't know their dads. That's, I mean, you're talking 85%. Well, the guys who do in the prison ministry are acting like dads to them. And they're doing all kinds of work to... Uh, and the guys, you know, I, it's, it's amazing to see how often the, the inmates in the prison insist, uh, hey, you didn't give me your hug today, uh, because they don't have a man that ever embraced them Wow. And uh, in in a non-sexual way, but in a way of male affection for a son or daughter. Yeah. That's missing in their lives. Well, what can we do to help discover that some more? That would be a, a wonderful part of this process. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you think about, and, and you talked about, obviously, our Heavenly Father, Father Mitch Pacwa. What about, what, what would you say to people listening today about, you know, turning to our Heavenly Father when our, our earthly Father is void on this earth? You know, we don't have yeah, yeah. one, but this talked about this that. Is also, yeah, that, that's something else that is uh, quite necessary. Um, I've, you know, I can remember... Some years ago, when it was uh, considered acceptable for uh, to reject any idea of God as Father, uh, a number of feminist theologians said, "I can't relate to God the Father. I, 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 you know, I don't like that. I don't want that." And they just simply rejected that idea, um, and they fought hard against. God as their father. Um, this is not healthy. Uh, I, you know, that, you know, when there is a, a, a as they call it, toxic male, uh, that, that's become practically a, a hyphenated word now, or compound word, to speak mm-hmm. about uh, toxic males. Whereas, you know, in fact, um, there is a, a toxicity that comes from not having men around. And this would be one of the things that I'd like to see uh, rectified. Now, I almost forgot, one of the things I've heard from a number of young men who have succeeded when their fathers were absent, coaching is Mm. a great help 
uh, and for young men and women, um, and that having a coach who helps them learn how to act, <coughs> excuse me, how to act in, um, you know, uh, sports, th- that's a tremendous gift. And in no way can that be, um, uh, you know, minimized. Uh, so many uh, young men have found the kind of the, the kind of love that a, a man can give a child, boy or girl. Uh, again, uh, it, it's not one or the other; it's both. Uh, yeah. Boys and girls need a dad to help them yeah. understand other aspects of life. Amen to that, Father Mitch Pacwa. Thank you so much for being with us here on Catholic Connection. Thank you, Father Mitch. God bless you. God bless you and all the work that you're doing. Father Mitch Pacquan, happy Father's Day, not to us, to our birth birth fathers, but our spiritual fathers like Father Mitch Pacqua, uh, who often are there to help when fathers are not around. Stay with us, everyone. Sarah Roach will be joining us after the break. 60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope. The Eighth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. At one level, the reputation a person has is one of their most precious gifts. And to intentionally harm the good reputation of someone is a very grave matter. We can do this often through detraction by disclosing others' faults without a valid reason or calumny just outright lying about other people, likewise through rash judgment. This commandment also protects the truth, which is another very, very great good. To lie is to speak something that we know is false with the intention of deceiving others. We ought to be dedicated to the truth. It is the truth that sets people free, while errors and lies entrap people in many difficult and often sinful situations. The Lord asks us to give witness to the truth of the gospel. This commandment, therefore, asks us to stay dedicated to the truth and to other people's reputation. The Eighth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. What is a bromance? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. This word bromance is used by younger men to describe close friendships with other young guys. You know, the guys who man-hug and chest bump? Let's face it, generally, women can make friends more easily than men. My wife can make a new friend coming out of the ladies' room. While this may be tougher for guys, younger men now reflect that their close male-to-male friendships are getting deeper and growing. Many guys who only seem to communicate with crude jokes to each other are now more open to sharing, being vulnerable and authentic with each other. This is likely good news for so many reasons, including emotional and mental health. Developing close male bonds includes sharing much about life. Being a good listener is a key to a strong buddy relationship, too. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Sarah Roach is a rising senior at Ave Maria University, majoring in psychology and double minoring in theology and marriage and family studies. She started babysitting for the campus care in her freshman year and has been the director of the program since her junior year. Sarah, thank you for joining us here on Catholic Connection. Great. Thank you so much for having me. So give us a background. What is campus care? So, yeah, Campus Care is um, a student-led, staff-supported initiative 
who aims to provide support and resources to pregnant and parenting students on campus. Um, so basically our whole kind of mission, our goal is um, to just form a campus culture that empowers every mother and father to choose life for their child and support them in continuing their education, celebrating every life no matter the circumstances. So what inspired you? Tell us how you got involved. Yeah, so I remember my freshman year um, seeing all the little kiddos running around and I like my curiosity was peaked and I found out about the babysitting program and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get involved in this. And um, so yeah, I went to one of the trainings and I started babysitting very occasionally here and there. Um, but I just loved it. I loved the babysitting. I loved um, the mission of campus care. And I loved that it was available on our campus. And it's such a really unique way um, to be able to serve. So, yeah, that was just kind of like what got me in the door. And down the line, um, an opportunity for leadership came up. And I um, I put my name in not thinking much about it and, you know, just see what happens. And then, um, yeah, here we are. I ended up being... Um, the director, and I'm so privileged to to just, yeah, be in this position and be able to serve in this way. So tell us what does that entail? I mean, there's a wonderful story, by the way, everyone listening in the National Catholic Register on this story. Ave Maria University's pro-life student makes good use of campus care to help students' parents. So what does your day-to-day and being the director entail? Yeah, so for me, it's kind of... Um, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I have a great team that supports me. We, um, we work, we kind of de- um, delegate the tasks to, to um, planning the babysitting and scheduling events and, um, and then operating our social media. So I kind of broadly oversee all of that. Um, but, yeah, my, my main day-to-day is making sure that um, the kids who are in need of babysitting Um, While their parents are in classes, those hours are covered um, and those needs are being met and any needs beyond that, just kind of like being aware of and and um, yeah, just staying in in tune with the parents and talking to them and just seeing where their needs lie. Um, So, yeah, it ranges from that, like keeping keeping those babysitting schedules all the way to, um, you know, if if a if a woman is in need of a pregnancy test or has a positive pregnancy test. Um, and she needs to talk so much, doesn't know where to go. Um, I'm kind of that, that person that go to, you know, we have a, we have a confidential email where, um, women can reach out and say, Hey, I don't know what to do. What are my next steps? And so I'll, um, feel that. And I, yeah, I'll meet with them and, and, um, just kind of get the ball rolling on, on where we can start finding them support. So how did this campus care come to be? What is it? Has it been at the university since the university's inception or is it new or give us a little background on campus care itself? Yeah. So campus care itself is actually a newer initiative. It was started in 2018 by two of our alums. Um, Mm. One of them after her roommate had, I I think this is mentioned in the article as well. Um, Her roommate had confided that she was pregnant and so she she really saw the need for these resources on campus, um, and she just took it from there. And I think they just started with, um, yeah, transportation to and from the pregnancy clinic to get free um, pregnancy testing, STI testing, ultrasounds, peer support, things like that. Um, and then as this, this 
first mom came back to campus with her child, she, you know, was asking the questions of where are we going to live, like what, like what about when I'm in class, things like that. Um, and so that really kind of sparked the rest of um, or the progression of the resources that we offer now. Mm-hmm. How does the work in campus care uh, help in the work that you're going to do in your degree, in, in, in the work that you're going to do after you graduate? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, yeah, I think it's really, um, this work in campus care is, is giving me a really special perspective on, um, on service and like the, how service is kind of at the heart of anything we do, even just like in our careers and our like, you know, nine to five kind of jobs. Um, so I think bottom line is, is that, that kind of, um, like heart of service, you know, and, yeah, and sure. bring that like what I'm doing, especially in the field that I'm going into with psychology, it's all about meeting people where they're at, you know, and and just um, serving the other person. And I think it's really easy to get lost in the perspective of that and um, somehow like make it about ourselves or not really fully help someone um, because we've lost that idea of service. Um, but campus here is really teaching me how. Um, yeah, how to, like, go beyond myself and that this isn't about me, you know, and it's work that sure. is necessary for me to do um, to support the, the people who need it the most. Well, you're, you're majoring in psychology and double minoring in theology and marriage and family studies. What are your hopes for right. your future? What's the career you're planning to pursue? Are you going to go for um, a higher degree and go into therapy or... Uh, yeah, so I am, my my initial goal going into psychology, um, I would like to get into the social work field. Um, so, yeah, what that exactly looks like, I'm not sure yet, but I would really hope to, um, yeah, hopefully get a master's in, in social work and work my way up to be a licensed counselor. Um, and so, yeah, uh, offering this sort of counseling and therapy um, would be an end goal. We're talking with Sarah Rose. She's a rising senior at Ave Maria University, majoring in psychology and double minoring in theology and marriage and family studies. She started babysitting for campus care in her freshman year and has been the director of the program since her junior year. And uh, how how much is campus care involved in other aspects of the pro-life movement? Other, what other things that you do in the pro-life movement? Do students get involved in the March for Life or anything? Or Yeah, so... Um... Campus care initially kind of um, branched out from, like, our Ave for Life Club. So we have our Ave for Life Club, and then we have campus care, which are kind of, they're two different, but they're all also, like, same kind of mission-oriented. Um, so our Ave for Life Club is just, like, our pro-life club, and they're the ones who um, get the ball rolling with March for Life and stuff like that, um, which all of our babysitters and everyone involved in campus care um most people participate in from campus care, yeah. Um, but but yeah, so we we do um, offer things like that. We have gone to the march, um, yeah. And and we our our pro life club also um, goes to play at the uh, Planned Parenthood clinics, and um, I know there's been a lot of that. And we work we try to work pretty closely with them, and so there's a lot of overlay between. Um, yeah, the members of Campus Care and the work that our pro-life club is doing.
Great. We're talking with Sarah Roach from Ave Maria University. We've got to take a break here on Catholic Connection. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with her uh, after this. Stay with us, everyone. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is the Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-GET-CURO. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. We've been talking with Sarah Roche. She's a rising senior at Ave Maria University, majoring in psychology and double minoring in theology and marriage and family studies. She started babysitting for campus care her freshman year and has been the director of the program since her junior year. Sarah, what else do you want to share with our listeners here on Catholic Connection about campus care and the work that you do? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a really um, one really great point I would like to emphasize is that um, like the goal of campus care is ultimately to empower, to encourage, and to serve. So we want to empower um, pregnant and parenting students to be able to choose life and to be able to further their education beyond choosing life. Um, and so that's just kind of like, you know, the goal of, of keeping the pro-life mission um, going beyond just um, just like praying for an to abortion and just like just saying that we're against abortion and working to the end of abortion. Like, it's not as, as necessary as that is. Um, I believe the, the goal of our work to keep the mission going beyond that point. Okay, so they've chosen life. What now? Um, and so, yeah, so to really empower and to encourage um, mothers and fathers to have the ability to make that decision. Um, and then once they've made that decision, to be able to serve them in their needs where they're at, um, and that's whether or not they do continue um, their education at Ave. Um, some have and some haven't. And 
and that's perfectly fine. You know, it's a decision that you need to make for your family. But no matter what um, decision a parent makes um, about their education, I believe that it's our job to serve them um, in in that, you know, and just to, to continue to meet their needs. Um, and then finally, just to share the pro-life message on campus and to cultivate um, a pro-life culture, which I think that Campus Care is doing a really great job of. Yeah. Um, and under the umbrella of this kind of idea of empowering, encouraging, and serving, um, the heart of the services that we provide um, is that they are completely free of charge and confidential. Um, so we really have tailored it to make sure that um, we are doing everything in our power to meet the needs of our students, um, giving them as much comfort as possible as they're navigating this um, this this difficult situation. It's such an important message here because there's, there's so much criticism from the pro-abortion side saying that the pro-lifers don't care about the women, which is so not true. And we know that yeah. from crisis pregnancy centers that we, the crisis pregnancy centers walk alongside these women from the moment they find out that they're pregnant throughout their whole pregnancy and, you know, months and years after helping them with so many things, resources and financial needs and food and clothing. And so wonderful that you're sharing that story, that you're walking alongside not just the mom, but the father too, you know, both parents uh, on campus and helping them navigate while, you know, choosing life. Right. It's so important. So uh, as a student of Ave Maria University, what can you tell us about the college? I know it's a wonderful campus, a wonderful school. What brought you to that school, choosing Ave Maria University? Yeah, I um, I think what really brought me into the school was the community. Um, I knew that it was a really strong um, environment, and, and just, like, everyone there is, is so on fire. Um, and I kind of, I knew that going in and that's really what, what got me. Um, but now going into my last year, it's, people keep asking me, Sarah, why do you love Ave? And that's what I keep coming back to. And it's just reinforced stronger and stronger is the community. Um, I, I've never really experienced anything like it. It's so, um, it's just a wonderful community of peers and I have felt so encouraged and so, um, and so, like, prayed for during my journey at Ave. Mm. Um, yeah, That's it's, beautiful. It's impossible to see, say how much um, I've grown. Yeah. How has it helped, last question, Sarah, how has it helped your faith formation? Are you there, Sarah? Did we lose her? <laughs> oh, yeah, I lost you for a second, Sarah. So tell us, how has being at the university and that, that environment, that community helped your faith formation? Yeah, I I really feel like it has, um, through the, the availability of um, confession and mass and, and just adoration chapels, it's almost just like it's in your face. You can't really avoid it. Um, and for a while, I kind of take it for granted. And now I feel like I'm at this point where it's so available to me that I um, now it's like, it's given me all the tools of, okay, like I know, I know how to pray and I know what I need to pray. And I know that it's not going to be this available once I leave. So it's really kind of just reinforced that I understand the value of it. And, and now going out into the world after graduation, um, yeah, having the will to keep, to keep that, 
um, even though it's not like there's going to be a chapel, you know, a two-minute walk away. So yeah. it really taught me the, the, to appreciate um, and to go after after that. Great. That's beautiful. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Connection and sharing your story about campus care at Ave Maria University. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us here on Catholic Connection. Father Mitch Pacwa joining us uh, today and Maria Gallagher joining us. And thank you all for tuning in. It was a pleasure filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Vanessa Denhagarmo here, uh, host of Epiphany and Ave Maria Uh, radio and thank you all for joining us we'll catch you next time god bless enjoy the rest of the day you've been listening to catholic connection with Teresa tamio catholic connection is a co-production of ave maria radio and ewtn radio and carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network our producer is andrew kruchek For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.